I believe the bench press rules in powerlifting should be changed. And I disagree with a lot of USAPL and IPF lifters, um, people on Reddit forums. A lot of times the way this argument goes is someone posts an extreme arch bencher like Sean Noriega, who we'll have on this video. Then people trash talk him, which is very stupid. That's caveman behavior. But then people will then come back to that and say, well, it's just arbitrary rules. You know, so not only is it not the lifter's fault, which is true, but also nothing needs to change. It's like a basketball player being tall. Most of the lifters who say rules are rules and, you know, it just is what it is, and it's the public's fault for not understanding it, are the same people who advocate for raw powerlifting. That's the reason why most of us are in this sport now. So if rules are rules, well, then we would have just kept equipped lifting and there would have been no reason to change to make the lifting more relatable, uh, more appealing to the masses, easier accessibility, and ultimately a higher transfer to other sports because it is more strength related. That matters. And let's get more on that last point. Powerlifting is the ultimate test of strength. The three lifts are disciplines that test human strength and it is the best competition to measure this. This is straight from the IPF's about page. So they explicitly say they are for testing strength. Those who say it is an arbitrary sport are wrong. In fact, I've actually been working on this video for so long that the about page used to be longer and it even mentioned lifts commonly done in gyms worldwide and transfer to other sports. So the IPF explicitly sold the sport on transfer to other sports. I mean, think about that. So the two ways to go about this is either the IPF should stop marketing the sport this way. They should cut all of that strength talk out if they're not going to adjust anything to that, or they should adjust to make sure that each lift is demonstrating strength. To bring it back to that argument about, hey, this is similar to taller basketball players. Sure. What do you think the NBA did when Wilt Chamberlain laid it up from the free throw line? They created a rule so that you cannot cross the free throw line. That happens all the time in sports when parity and entertainment value are both decreased. If it's both a big enough issue and prevalent enough, then yes, all sports adjust to the demands of the public. To not do so would be extremely irrational. Let's get straight to the solution. Narrowing grip width by weight class. Have the 74 kilogram weight class and below grip with their pinkies inside the rings. Have the 83 to 93 kilogram class grip with their rings. Hi folks, any questions? Toyotas come with safety features <laughs> at no extra cost, I'll cut right? to this That's in right. a second, folks. He doesn't have ad blocking. Inside the rings or narrower, and then the big boys beyond that can grip normally with the index finger on the rings. I believe this is the best solution initially because it's gradual, it's addressing something that's prevalent as well. For example, I looked in the 2017 top 20 world rankings in the bench press, 15 out of 20 gripped with their index finger on the rings. In fact, the 74 kilogram class, so 163 pound men, actually gripped wider than any other weight class, not even taking into account relative to frame. To me, it is very irrational that a you know, 93 pound girl would have the same grip width restrictions that a 400 pound man would. Let's get really specific here. If you look at Daiki Kodoma, he's a Japanese bench presser who benches 500 pounds at 163 pounds. He is- I'll stop there because I think we get the point. Um, he's going to go into you know video and most of our list, it's going to be mostly listeners, but what do you guys think about this? Silly. <laughs> is that what you think? And at first, because this has got a lot of traction, 135,000 views on this. Uh, I got, I got a lot of, when I posted up the, the stories, I've got, I got mixed results. Uh, some people are saying exactly what you're saying, Bill. Why do you think silly? 
it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, there, there's rules in place. You can't have different rules for different weight classes. I mean, then you're going to, you know, okay, well, then we need to think about the sleeve length for the knee sleeves, right? Because, you know, me wearing a sleeve and, uh, you know, I, you know, Marissa into wearing the same exact size, you know, length of a sleeve, you know, covers her whole leg and only covers part of my knee. Like it's, it's, she gets more out of that than I do. Or, you know, there's, different things like well, why did they get to wear a 13 millimeter belt and i have to wear a 13 millimeter belt i weigh three times as much as they do like you know what i mean so it just keeps going down the line for different weight classes and it's powerlifting is never going to be appealable to the masses that's the whole that's it just won't it just there's no there's no way yeah i guess actually there's one way get rid of all the lightweight classes oh you said just, just yeah no seriously like a bitch. Yo, strong man <laughs> Right? Have you ever seen lightweight strongman on TV or on at whatever? No, of course not. Yeah, you know, world strongest man is world strongest man, right? World strongest powerlifter. So let's just do that. No weight classes, and just and deal with that. So then you don't have to worry about. It. You can cheat as much as you want with the arch and all that stuff. It's totally fine. Yeah, you know, you're just not gonna be able to bench as much as you know Julian Maddox or whatever. But sucks for you. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they do have like big dogs in Australia, and it's untested in the only the big boys rock and roll. Yeah. But um, what, what do you think, Arian? Before I say what what I think, I mean, in, in general, I'm not like too extreme one way or another. Like, if they change the rule, I'd be like, okay, it's fine. We'll just adjust. If they never change the rule, I'm like, fine, that's how it is. We'll, we'll just go with it. But I was, I was trying to take notes of some of his points as you were going through. Um, and this first point is like, you know, it's, it's more appealing to the mass audience to like, you know, have a more narrow grip where you have a longer range of motion. But with, with all these things that his point he's making, is like you have to draw an arbitrary line somewhere. Like how far do you go with being appealing to the masses? Like if we want to appeal to the masses, why are we wearing singlets? People are like, what the hell are you wearing? When you look in Strongman, in Strongman, they actually wear like, you know, the sponsored t-shirt over their suit and stuff like that to cover it up to appeal to the masses because then you're just wearing a t-shirt like any person goes to the gym. So why don't we do that? Why don't we, why don't we adjust and like, you know, take away singlets and just lift in t-shirt and shorts because that's what people are used to. So it, it depends on like how far do you want to go to appeal to the audience? Like how many people squat? Why don't we get rid of the squat? Let's just go to bench press, uh, maybe deadlift and some other movement that like, you know, people do in the gym. Yeah, another point that he meant he said about the rankings um, and I actually had looked into this uh, beforehand is I think when he looked at the bench rankings, he's also looking at all the bench only people. So he's looking at all the bench specialists. He's looking at all the people like, you know, a three point specialist or someone who's like, you know, a specialist in their sport and a home run derby or something like that. So obviously there's going to be a lot of people that use, you know, a huge arch max grip, minimum range of motion. But if you actually go look at the bench press world records in a three lift, you don't see that because like, and the 120, 120s, you got Dennis Cornelius. And the 120 plus, you got Ilias Bugalam, or however you say his name. Uh, you have Dennis Cherry. Even in the 59s, you have Sergei Fedosienko. So you have all these guys that don't have a, a cheater bench. Maybe just like, you know, Eddie Berglund in the 66. Daiki Godama's got a big arch, but his range of motion is actually not that small for the 74s. So like when you go to the three lift for the most important division that people see, like seeing is the full power. You, you don't necessarily see that is the, the those lifters are actually good at all three lifts, not just the bench specialists. So the bench specialists get their bench worlds and they get their bench only bench only record. Uh, and then right before you, you, you stopped it. Um, Bill also mentioned too, is about different rules. I know this is like the whole, it, it's how it's always been, but the rules have always been that like, it's the same for all age divisions and same for all weight classes. Like 
and all three lifts. You can wear wrist wraps for all three lifts. You can wear a belt for all three lifts. You can wear knee sleeves for all three lifts. So same thing with grip and locking out your elbows, locking out your knees, everything like that. So now you're changing it to, okay, from this weight class and above, we have to change the rules. Mm. So you, you like the continuity throughout weight class to weight class, age group to age group, it remains the same, essentially. And you, you can have that, you can have that cut. And actually what I post to my story, which you screenshot and post is I, I was thinking of some of these things last year and back in 2018. And Johnny actually DM me and said that he thinks it was a Facebook conversation with John Hack back in 2017 that I was also part of. So even back in 2017, we were talking about this. And again, I'm not necessarily against it, but at like a IPF classic worlds, it'll be easy to handle. Like we discussed earlier, there might be only one weight class. Okay. It's the 93 weight class, all the referees, all the coaches, all the lifters, all the spectators know what the grip rules should be. Right. But when you start going down to lower level competitions, you go down to a local meet, then the referees have to keep track of every single lifter as they come out. What weight class are they? What rule do they have to now follow for the bench press? And also, as Bill mentioned in some of our discussions, is at a local meet, if you switch your weight class, if you're a 74 and you miss weight, you go up to the 83s. Now, all of a sudden, on the day of the meet, your rules have changed from what you've been training for the whole however many months. Learn your sport, bud. <laughs> make weight, bud. Learn, make, make weight, learn your sport, bud. What could I tell you? No, you're right. It does. Go ahead. Yeah, the other interesting thing about, um, you know, talking about appealing to the masses, right? Like every other major sport, you know, NFL, NBA, um, you know, Major League Baseball, hockey, whatever it is, NHL, they're all want to score more points, right? That appeals to the masses, right? So they change some of the rules here on, you know, in, in NFL and they make it a little bit easier to score because the fouls are different in the NBA and blah, 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 whatever it is. So now we're basically putting a rule in place where the numbers are going to go down. Let, right. let, me, let, let me play devil's avocado um, because Arian has done an about face since his Reddit days. And um, <laughs> so I'll play devil's avocado for a second here. Uh, the difference between those sports, I think a lot of people would go home, have a beer like my man Arian's doing and um, throw on a, a game and watch it. Whereas powerlifting, almost everybody who watches a huge chunk are actually the lifters. So it's usually the lifters watching. So, so if we take that into consideration, I think most people, what Johnny's side would have been, when you look for powerlifting and you're thinking about participating and joining in, I think you're a number one looking for a strength sport and to see who's stronger and you flip it on. So then if you flipped it on and you're, you're thinking about joining and you just, all you're doing is thinking about strength, and then you see some crazy shit like a Sean Noriega setup and a Eddie Berglund setup, that would be the, well, I don't even care to try to get my body to do stuff like that. If that's, if that's what, and it, I, I think it's a misnomer. I don't think you do need to do that. Look, there's a Russell or for every, there's more actually people with a Russell, Russell or looking bench than there is a Sean Noriega bench. That's fact. But I think on the surface, if someone was to flip it on, and see those, I think what Johnny is saying is you could be losing some people. There might be buffer here, which is why um, some of the growth we saw when it was all equipped lifting and they said, let's get in a raw division. Um, I think this word he's leaning into is when people flipped it on, they're like, oh shit, I can relate to that. But when a guy can't put his arms down because he's in a bench shirt, they're like, I don't, 
you know, I, I thought about powerlifting. I flipped it on. I'm not really into that stuff. Not enough. You really got to buy in and get into it. Um, cause it's not a sport that on the surface, you turn it on and you're like, Holy shit, this is super exciting. I'm in. So w- would that help? Do you think at all in terms of even if not Johnny's particular rule set, but if we tightened it up in the name of that, so that would be different than, um, the other way of looking at it, look at, if you're going to change this for these lifters, I have to have the same knee sleeves as a 52. Um, so in terms of benefit for the lifter, if you're like, okay, we, we're not necessarily looking at benefit of lifter. We're just looking at it as with the same principle as going into the raw division. We're looking at it as when someone turns this on and views it for the first time in the Olympic channel, and we've been fighting to get on there. Do they see what we think they're expecting to see? And they're pleased with, with the show. Uh, I'll jump in here and do my rebuttal since you you sure. you dropped you dropped my name there. Uh, I'm I not. Did. I I'm, shamed I'm you. Not, I'm not. I'm not necessarily jumping Taylor's side of the fence. Like I said, I'm on the fence. I'm fine with either. Oh, way. you coward! <laughs> you coward! No, the, and and the reason is is when you when we do the like the Reddit post or like Instagram comment or something like that is we're putting out an idea, which is what Johnny did too. He put out an idea out there. What if we brought the grip in for the rule? What we're doing here is like more of a deeper discussion and going into the issues on purpose. If you have an idea or a concept, you purposely want to break it down and say, what are the issues with my idea? What is someone going to attack my idea with? And what can I do to prove them wrong or fix it? And so these are some of the points against this idea of just bringing the grip in. I mean, there's some good points for it as well compared to what other people said. Let's hear them. As far as some other ideas people have said, you know, having the upper arm be below parallel or having the elbow point being below the bench and stuff like that. And my argument always against those things have been that the referees already have to look at so many things. They have to look at the feet. They have to look at the butt. They have to look at the head. They have to, if you're the head judge, you have to look at the paws on the chest to give the press command. You have to look at, you know, bar going down, all this kind of stuff. Now you're trying to throw in, oh, well, also while giving the press command and looking at the head and the feet, you should also be looking at whether the elbows are, are below the, bo- the top of the bench or something like that. So I figured, hey, just move in the grip is a much easier change. Now, instead of seeing is the finger covering the rings, all you have to see is are the hands inside the rings. So it's the easy thing for the judges to see before the lift and then judge the same. But like we said, there's, there's a lot of these issues here. So My- real, real quick, uh, because was that for every weight class across the board you were saying that? Either option, you can either bring it in for every single weight class. Again, it's arbitrary that that power ring is that distance and that the index finger has to cover it. What if for the last 50 years, that ring was an inch closer? Everyone would have adapted to that ring being an inch closer. We would have had a slightly bigger range of motion. So it can either be for every weight class or it could just be for a certain weight classes based on you know what we assumed be person's height or, or the wingspan. Um, but what I was, what I was going to say is that this whole appealing to the masses is that sure. You might appeal to the masses. What I'm saying, what Bill might be saying too, is one, I don't think there's that many people with this super short range of motion that are like, you know, getting these people to be like, Oh, I don't want to watch. Excuse me. And two is that if you change this, people are assuming, Oh, all of a sudden now we're going to be this popular sport. We're going to be in the Olympics. We're going to be as big as the NFL. Not well. and, and, and some people, I'm not saying everyone, but there's also it's like a a do- there's like also five a do- people are going to join the federation because of this. There, there's fine. also a dozen other problems, and some of the problems would be like you know if you're trying to be on the Olympic channel, if you're trying to be Olympics for squat, there's so many people in the way, you can't see anything, you can't see depth. 
for deadlift, you have the sumo deadlift. A lot of people complain about the sumo deadlift, especially when you get the heavier weights and what they deadlift bar in other federations. Okay, then the range of motion is, is short there and people don't do sumo deadlift. Plus there's the drug testing. When they say, oh, these people are drug tested, they like, it's not like people like, ah, this is, this is BS. These people aren't drug tested. Like, you know, they're cheating. So there's but, lots but, of other issues. Sure. But um, to say that there's other issues, so we can't deal with this issue. Like it's got to start somewhere. Ch change happens. You put in proposals. So not necessarily because there's other issues. We don't do, do this one. So if we just stick on this one, um, I, 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 okay. Put it this way. I don't think anyone's thinking that if you do this change, we're, we're going to Sizzler, baby. We got, we got, you know, Gatorade sponsoring us and we're going, we're going to be on ABC sports, but um, believe me, but, and I also don't think if we do this change, we're going to have the same boom we had when we introduced raw. Um, although Johnny kind of alluded to look how that was something that people were used to seeing in the gym. They're not used to seeing all the, all the equipment. So that, for a long time. And I remember this, I predate when the IPF and USAPL, I'm not in USAPL, but even the CPU was raw. I predate it. And I remember, I remember this joining powerlifting, finding out about equipment and being extremely off put about it and being like, I, you know, it, 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 it did rattle. It did bother me and um, telling my friends about it. And then when they saw a competition, be like, what's going on here. And then when they opened up the raw division, a huge influx in people that um, they could relate what they saw in the gym actually was taking place in the platform. So there, while I don't think it would be as big because obviously the equipment hit all three lifts and it was far more dramatic to have uh, a bench shirt. And again, um, to the point that not everybody has these aggressive setups, so it's not nearly as prominent, but um, to say that's not a factor, it is some, how much I know Bill's thinking five. I know you're thinking we're going to the NFL. Maybe it's somewhere in between. Maybe, 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 maybe we're somewhere in between. Um, so I honestly, when I seen the video, I thought, well, first off, he does an excellent video, whether you agree or don't agree. He's great at putting together a video to create discussion, which you said, Arian, whether or not you agreed with it or not, it was, it's, it did it because here we are. Um, but I actually thought, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not opposed to this. What do you think, Bill? Do you got steam coming out of your ears right now? I can't tell you. You're still I mean, if, if, if it's if it's the rule, it's the rule. I don't follow it. It's not a big deal. But I just yeah. the the dream of like it's going to bring a more mass appeal is what doesn't make any sense to me. Like it's just nobody cares how wide your hands are when you bench. Nobody cares about arching. Like either you're going to compete in this sport or you're not going to compete in this sport. I think people like, do care about arching a little. I think some people do care. Obviously, you always see the Instagram comments. You always see the YouTube comments. You always see all, all the stuff here. But, but those one are people that either already compete in powerlifting, right? Or, but, or, but, or it could well, be the noisy 2%. Look, at, like, the only thing about comments. Or they're either the, the people that already compete in powerlifting or are never going to compete regardless. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it doesn't matter. Well, I was That's also going to throw in there that you can also argue that, you know, all this commenting and all this arguing back and forth brings more publicity to the sport than if yeah, like you know sure. if these people never were never even commented they never even looked at the videos because it's like oh it's just another bench press uh, here's another thing no let's say we start getting traction espn like obviously look at they they reposted jessica bittner is espn reposting eddie berglund's bench or or sean Diorga's bench and thinking this is gonna if they did if they did show highlights and repost that people are gonna be like what the 
fuck is going on? They're, but, they're not going to be, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be the casting call for the youth of the athletic youth to come, as opposed to if you repost a, 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 even a sumo dead, they're going to be like, well, shit, it's still 700 pounds. The guy's lifting off the ground. Some people, I don't think there's as much. Now, you could always battle back and say, how many Eddie Burgums and Sean York is, is this that prominent issue that we have to go ahead and change rules? That I'm not sure because I don't have, uh, we don't have running stats. But what do you guys say to that? I think though, if you if ESPN posted a video of Eddie Berglund benching and then passing out, that would probably get more comments than for Ray the wrong Williams reason. And just put together. Ah, you know, yeah, you're not lying. You're not lying. I mean, there's a reason why Eddie and Sean haven't been on there is because there's smaller guys, fantastic benchers, but you know, Julian Julius Maddox and all those guys with that big bench benchathon thing, whatever they had going on that was on ESPN where everyone benched, you know, 700 plus on that or whatever it was. There was a reason that was on there and not, you know, the 66 kilo what class bench you, national. Bill, what weight class are you? You son of a, you're throwing your weight around here, aren't you? Literally <laughs> and figuratively, <laughs> literally and figuratively throwing your weight. No one wants to watch me bench as much as I don't want to watch myself. Bench, <laughs> believe me. But like, <laughs> no, you you got a point. Look at I kid, but you're no, no, right. But, but again, you're right. Like, yeah. Jess was put on ESPN because it was a 550 pound bench, right? Yeah. I mean, Ray was on ESPN because it was a thousand pound bench. Like, yes, Eddie, Eddie Berglund is benching, you know, 200 plus kilos, 220 plus kilos, whatever it is at 66. Incredible for powerlifting. But when you have the, you know, Julius Maddox of the world that are benching 350-ish kilos, sorry, dude, the little guy is not going to get on there. Like, people want to see the bigger weights move. What if, what if a bit, like, see, the, this is the thing. I'm, I'm going to throw this what if, but it, it, it's just not going to happen because the bigger guys don't sit up on bench like this. But if there was a, a larger individual who had a Noreg style bench, do you think do you think ESPN, the producers, are gonna look at it and be like, let's put it on? Well, show me the person first and then we'll talk about it. it, it, I, it the problem is there isn't a big guy <laughs> right, like that. There isn't a big it, guy like that. It's just it, dynamic. It, it, it happens more it happens more on the women's side because you might have a, a female who's like, you know, between five feet and like, you know, five five, who's maybe like an 84, 84 plus, has shorter arms and they have that shorter range of motion. Usually you get the comments hating on either the range of motion or you get the comments hating on their body weight. So yeah, I mean, ESPN is probably not going to, not going to post those things, but just in the idea of, you know, pleasing, appeasing the masses or pleasing the masses, getting more people in, I mean, changing the bench grip or changing the arch issue is probably somewhere down there in the ranking. It's hard for me to rank everything and know exactly, okay, which one would, you know, get us the, the most bang for our buck. And then where would bench fit on that? I don't think I would put this issue at the top. I think there's other issues that you could attack first. One would be that if you had, for example, powerlifting on ESPN or something like that, the first lift you were going to watch is squat. I bet you a bunch of people are going to turn it off even before it gets to squat. Same thing with like YouTube live streams or something like that. Is people get bored from the squat first. So like, I think like if you're trying to look at like, you know, live streamers like that, you have to solve the issue with the squat first. And, you know, having so many people in a flight where, you know, it takes an hour, hour and a half just to get their squats, people will be turned off by then. And then the other thing is that I think people like with this whole idea is people are majoring in the minors. What I kind of say is like, you know, people are always looking for like the magical exercise. People are looking for what supplement to take. And people are thinking like, Oh, if we just move this grip issue in, then we're going to solve the problem. And, and again, there's all these other issues. Um, some of the things that Bill said, I think if you cut down the weight classes, cut down the age divisions, you would make so many more, 
age divisions and weight classes more competitive that you're going to get so much more people watching for all these crazy battles and stuff like that. And that's going to push your sport up more than, Oh, well, this one person out of the 1500 people at run nationals has a, has a short range of motion and he got second place. What do you think? Well, first off, something interesting there. I'm, I'm going to bring up our mutual friend, Pete Spence had some other ideas we could do if we're going to focus on the bench and we're just going to, let's just say, cause we're disagreeing on whether or not it's a big issue, but let's, let's say we were like, all right, fellas, let's put our heads together and we'll deal with the bench. Pete Spence actually posted up his version and what he thinks would be a better way of, of tackling it. Before we get there though, I just want to, you had said something about starting with the squat was a little problem problematic. And that kind of surprised me because I thought, I think squats actually, I think the most entertaining to watch is the deadlift, but I can't picture ending any other way because there's nothing like changing up your deadlift twice and like to pulling for the win figuratively and literally it just goes so hand in hand. However, I do get, if you started with it, if you, if I flip on the channel and you want me to be hooked within the first five minutes, yeah, probably let me watch somebody shift 800 pounds off the ground. And there's no, there's no, the spotters is minimal. There's no racks. The commands is minimal. You don't have to tell me about parallel. You don't have to tell me about bench rules or nothing. It's there's so few rules and fouls to be called that it's so much easier for me to digest. If it's purely just recruiting, you start with, deadlift but i think the squats not like i enjoy watching squats i don't know if that's just because i'm a homer for our team of powerlifting but um i can't picture and it's maybe just because it's the way it's always been in my head now but pulling for the win i can't picture like benching for the win or something like that i can't do it now i can't picture he changed his bench attempt for the second time on his last bench i'm like well this is anticlimactic. It feels there's nothing like seeing someone scrap for a deadlift um, to win worlds or nationals or whatever. But I do. Was that your point though? Where if you move, I'm just guessing you move the deadlift, it's probably going to hook people quicker. Yeah, I feel like squats probably the least to hook people because one out of the three lists, people squat the least out of the three lists. Two, you have all the spotters in the way, and three is like the depth is one of the most questionable or argued things in powerlifting aside from, you know, the bench arch, especially on the equip side. So like, you know, bench is the most common exercise out of the three that people do. So you either want to do that one or deadlift is easiest because like you said, it's similar to weightlifting. You put a bar and weights on the ground, you move all the spotters out of the way. It's only the lifter there. You only see the lifter's face and then picking a weight off the ground, which everyone is familiar with. And it'd be interesting bench for people who like bench bench worlds is exciting with, you know, you put in the opener, then you see everyone's lot number, you see everyone's body weight, you see everyone's opener. You get changes on the opener right away. Then you do your first attempt, your second attempt, you're already on the last lift of the meet. You, now you're putting all these changes in for the last lift of the meet, you know, for placing. I imagine how crazy that would be for deadlifts with, you know, everything else we said, people know about picking weights off the ground, no spotters there, just lift out there, constantly changing in a deadlift only competition. Right. Oh shit, okay, okay. If you're talking deadlift only, yeah, I'm on board. Um, let me just say something about the squats. Then we'll go on to the, I didn't expect this kind of debate to open up, but fuck, here we are. Um, with the squats, yeah, I, viewing it, and when I look at the, the IPF stream and, and when I'm at watching the USAPL Raw Nationals, I, I see the lifter. I mean, there is spotters, but they're either off to the side or behind them. I'm okay with what I view. Um, you're right in terms of the calls. 
yeah, yeah, there's debatable, but that's that's sports too, like baseball. That damned if that strike zone doesn't change. I when I'm commentating, I often say like, you know, when when the lifters come out, and this is true, when you, when you come out and you have a tough judge, you you quickly know, okay, we got a tough judge, we got to sink it, but the strike zone is established though. So when you're commenting, like, okay, we've seen a couple people miss off of depth. We've seen a couple people get a red to look, okay, well, no, no more shallow than that. And then it's like, well, now going into the second round, all of the lifters, including the coaches know where the strike zone is and play within it. It's not too bad as, as a viewer, if uh, you can somewhat pick up all right with the slow-mo replays, but again, it depends on the production and how this thing gets packaged and given to you. I do like a good scrap on the squat though. Uh, honestly, I think the bench press is the least entertaining for me to watch watching someone fight on the bench press. Like there's something about seeing their face when they're coming up with the weight and the weight is literally on their back and they're fighting to stand up with that weight. And the weight is uh, yeah, I you're right though. Fewer people squat than bench press, but even then um, it's, it's relatable enough. If you go to the gym, you see people squatting, even if you're too chicken shit and you're doing your leg press machine and uh, extensions um, and good girl, bad girl machine. No offense, Bill. Um <laughs> I actually saw a funny, uh, someone posted something pretty funny today and said, if you're worried about other people's arches or how wide their grips are, you probably just need to get stronger. Oh, and that was you though. But that was that person, Bill. <laughs> that was Bill. That was with, Bill uh, McCarthy. It, it was Jake, right? Uh, Jake Amendola put it up there, right? That's yes, it was. Good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's your boy. Yeah. Pretty strong well, venture. He's fair. He's a range of motion. Venture. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. I just thought that was kind of funny because I know there's a lot of people on that side of the, you know, that are just basically like, just get stronger. Just do what you, you know, don't worry about your weight class. Don't worry about your this, that, the other thing, whatever. Just go out there and get stronger. And, you know, don't worry about the logistics of the, you know, everything else that's going on in the world. Just worry about your lifts for God's sakes. <laughs> um, you know, and that's, that's something that's really, really lacking in this sport is everyone's worried about what the other guy is doing. Right. Oh, I saw so-and-so on Instagram. They just did this. Well, fucking care. Like, let's worry about what you're doing, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, deal with that stuff all the time as a coach. Um, all the time, all the time, all the time. Where it's like, oh, I just saw this person and they did this much. How come, you know, we're not at that part? And I'm like, well, they have a meet in four weeks. You have a meet in eight, eight weeks. So, yeah, of course, you're in different parts of their training. Or, or my favorite is, you know, how come I'm not doing what they're doing? I go, well, then go hire their coach instead of me if you want to do what oh, they're doing. Wow. You know? <laughs> I I mean, we're, we're getting into another topic here, but maybe I guess it's an important topic is like the majority of powerlifters are not going to nationals. They're not going to worlds. They're not trying to, you know, get on ESPN. They're not trying to make money. They got into the sport because, you know, they're competing against themselves. They want to like, you know, get healthier, get stronger. Okay. Let me do a competition, do things to standards. Now I set my numbers. Let me try and beat myself. So like for this whole podcast, we're discussing, for example, let's say USA powerlifting has 20,000 members. We're only talking about the 200 that get into nationals. And then when you go to world, it's like, you know, the 20, 25 people for classic world on the female side and 20 to 25 on the male side that are actually competitive for the podium. And so we're talking everything about like, you know, that 1% or even half a percent. There's all these other 99% of people that you should just be focused on. Just get stronger, get healthier, enjoy your time, like enjoy your life outside lifting. Don't worry about these things. Well, it's uh, you're right. Um, it, the only people in the world that care about powerlifting is powerlifters. So I guess those people, if not, that's, that's the whole point. That's literally the whole point of this. And like, that's why Candido is trying to like, we need mass appeal. No, the only people that care about this stuff are actual powerlifters who are already doing this. So, well, he, so don't change anything. It doesn't matter. 
Well, the devil. We're just av- fighting amongst each other. That's right. all. The, We're just fighting amongst each other. The devil's avocado would be. Uh, we could get more people into it. But, no, but you uh, might lose a bunch too. That you know want to want to leave because of the change of rules, and they'll go to a different federation because archers. you can still go out there. The big archers will leave. No, I'm not. Not. I mean, <laughs> should, should the arching and the hand placement doesn't necessarily have to do with each other. Should we move on to pizza suggestions? Well, you know, this is a good segment. No, right? fuck Pete. Fuck that guy. No, no. This is listen. Let me let me get what you guys think about this. This is what Pete said. He Spencer Peterson. <laughs> Pete Spence said this would actually approach the the arching in a better way if we do these rule changes. Uh, I'm gonna quote him word for word here. If you were going to make a rule change changes to limit big arches, do this. Ban touching the uprights. Ban lifters from putting their feet on the bench. Require lifters keep their butt on the bench from the moment they touch the bar. And not this. Set max grip um, with based on weight classes. So obviously a direct, uh, he doesn't agree with the Candido rule change. And then he said, I'm as in closing, I'm still not convinced that large arches do much, if anything, to limit the growth of powerlifting as a sport, echoing what Bill's saying. But what do you guys think about um, band touching the uprights, band lifters from putting their feet on the bench? Not entirely sure that's going to do too much because a lot of people with big arches do like to plant their feet. Um, require lifters keep their butt on the bench from the moment they touch the bar. I, I you know, let me, let me let you guys go first. If you think those rules, if, is it harder if all those rules are in place to get a big arch? Well, we kind of prove, I mean, you just go back to Candido's um, video. I mean, Sean's set up for the arch. He doesn't touch the uprights, doesn't put the feet on the bench. Right. He does lift his butt. And most people, I mean, everyone, every, does. Every, everyone does that. I mean, right. like literally everybody does that. And um in powerlifting or they should at least um, <laughs> um do you, so, that's the big one for me I, you just totally honed in on i'm going to echo it real quick that is exactly yeah. what i thought not many people touch uprights you usually grab the bar yeah. not many people put their feet on the bench i do i don't have the flexibility to to do that so but i don't have an art so okay if you're gonna fuck me over that's not helping anyone but um i think the big one in terms of the big archers they don't so if that if you're going after the big archers you're not really hurting them with A and B, um, but C. Interesting. If you if you grab that bar, your butt already has to be on the bench. Can you set up with a big arch? If your butt is on the bench before you grab the bar, you can't push off into it to dig yourself in and base out to make the arch, correct? Like, I don't have a big arch, so it's hard for me to physically feel it, but I would think if I can't push against the bar, drive my traps into the bench and have something to stabilize me to create that bench and lower my butt and lift off. Like it helped. I need something to make that arch happen. Um, and I, that might be a piece. I can't, I, I would have to study. I haven't studied video literally went live a couple hours after seeing this and I don't have the arch to feel it myself, but what do you gentlemen say about that last one? Yeah. I mean, it Makes would definitely, sense. it would definitely, "Quote unquote level the playing field." Nice right? pun! I mean, Whoa, nice yeah. pun! Um, Big Bill. But yeah, I mean, I, again, it's just again, how are you judging this, right? So now both now now you're talking about referees now have side to rest, actually side rest. 
Right. So now you're talking about they have to judge your setup as a, you know, yeah, dur- but that's during- not too crazy. That, like before it even starts, like I, I know, I know you mean like you and like Aaron was saying uh, with some of the other proposed rule changes when it's all happening during the lift, fuck, they already got too much to look at during the lift, but before the lift even started, it, so they don't have too much else to do. It's right. just, um, that's all we have to do right now is just, let me just, the two side judges that I see if the butt comes up during the lift are the two side judges making sure before. So if that's what they're doing before, and that's all they got to do. It's not conceivably, I, you know what? I think Pete might've stumbled onto something. I don't like to give him a hell of a lot of credit. The guy's all over me in the group chat. And, uh, but I think he might have, I don't know. I think this might actually, but I would have to see it played out obviously with examples. I, I think there's like, you know, for each of these ideas, there's different categories that you would rank them in like category of like, you know, ease to judge or category of like how much you would decrease the range of motion or increase the range of motion, all that kind of stuff. And then you'd have to kind of set some kind of weight to each of the rankings to get an overall score to figure out which one's the best, because yeah, this, this idea of judging their setup and changing how they're setting up, then the judges can set, judge that before. And then once the lift starts, everything is the same. So as exact far same. as like exact same. judging the lift, it's very easy. For every weight class. But yeah, and, it's, and again, it's across every weight class. The, the difference now is now there's a difficulty to judging before the lift starts, which typically judges don't do. You're not judging someone like when they get on their bar to like- For the better the of the sport, but yeah. for the better of the sport, you so, earn your slice, you get two slices of pizza that day. Is that what you want? You're a no. judge. For anyone listening, my man is a judge. What category judge are you, sir? IPF category two. I've been judging since 2013. Oh, flexing on us here. And what level can category two judge in? You can do all levels, but the usually the category twos are the ones in the chair for the world championships, and the category ones, which are the higher level, are the ones in the jury. My fucking man in the chair at the worlds. Okay, there you go. Now, so, now you overruled me a so, little bit. So, so now the idea of, uh, well, part of the judging, I, I questioned uh, Pete on this, was like, okay, well, how, how do you do it? Like, what are you gonna say? So, like, now that the judges have to yell, like, okay, reset or replace or something like that. The lift. Yeah, they do that all the time, though. Yeah, so now the lifter, but this is also now during the setup. So now the lifter has to stand up during their setup. Their 60 second clock is still going and restart their setup now. And then that like, happens. That happens. Yeah, with some yeah. that happens. Which is which is fine. I was just prying into his. his right. No, idea. I, I, yeah, you know, yeah. I like it. I like what you're doing. I'm, I'm following you. I like it. So, but now the, the, the key point, the overall goal to all this, yeah. which uh, you were, what Bill was trying to say is how much does this actually change the setup and how much does this change the range of motion? And like you said, I don't think too many people touch the upright. Some people do, but I think you can set, some people will set their hips first and then use the bar instead to set their shoulders. And some people for their feet, you know, they don't put their feet up on their bench. Some people who have their feet in front of their knees, like Noriega and stuff has, they can probably step their feet afterwards, like on the ground and then slide it forward. I think a lot of lifters can still retract their shoulders and with the max grip, still be able to get a decent range of motion uh, cut down with following those rules so then it comes what what appeases the masses will one inch more range of motion make them happy will six inches more range of motion make them happy if you want something like you know a big change six inches ten inches then you have to bring that grip in because you know close grip bench where you're touching like right where the smooth part is you get a big change in range of motion but having the person like you know not lift her butt up i think michael c or eddie Berglund or sean noriega still cut down the range of motion quite a bit Here's what I tell you. Here, let me let me launch into my fucking Al Pacino speech on you. On this team, Arian, we fight for those inches. We fight. We claw with our fingernails but, for those inches. Okay. I, so yeah, yeah. 
for an inch, we fucking throw it all to hell. I, I, I like we, how we you, let everybody like how... around us die, and the building burns for that inch, Arian. Yes, we fight for that inch. I, I like how you said we have to research this because you know, in in the video, we didn't get to the part. Noriega shows screenshots of different setups and how it looks different, and also. Michael C said, okay, let me go in the gym and see how much I can do with, you know, pinky on the rings. I think it was. And he did like, whatever it was, was it 190 kilos? I didn't see it, but, uh, so tell me about it. I didn't see this. I think he, I think he went in the gym and said, okay, let me see with this pinky on the rings, what I can do. I think he did 190 where he can do like, you know, 200 or a little bit above that with his max grip. So, okay. Is, is 5% less. On peak happy- though, that's like, like Bill was saying, you know, five weeks out, two weeks out, where was he? There's other variables. So it's not necessarily, he might be the exact same, might be the exact same. But, even though it's- but I wonder how many people now will go in the gym, Noriega or Johnny or Mike and stuff and have them try out. Can you set up in the same or similar without touching uprights, without lifting your butt and without putting your feet up on the bench? I would love here's, to- Here's what's going to happen. Here's the, here's the, what's going to happen from this. Candido is now going to get a lot of people hurt because they're going to go into the gym and go off their program and then they're going to fuck themselves up because they're trying to do this different shit. I don't know. I mean, so really now there's going to be less people in powerlifting. Oh, thanks to him. Yeah. Okay. If you, if you, if, if you are a GTL left, they're going to do this. Die. Bill goes straight full bore. He's like, going to fire you. Bill, 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 Bill is like, I can't prove it, but I think Chance Mitchell lost teeth trying this out. I, I, I think it was fucking around with this thing, and I don't. I didn't want to say it on this okay, podcast, well, but, here this but here we are. Hey, guys, if you're going to use the closer grip or any benching, use your safeties. That's what they're there for. They're, they're, well, fair enough. I don't have safety, so I ain't saying but, um, But just to go back to the feet on the bench part, I mean, I believe that's actually been brought up to the IPF Congress or whatever as a they were voted on that, and it's been voted down at least once or twice, I believe. And also they've brought up the, um, you know, no handoff anymore, doing self-handoffs, and that's been voted down a couple of times also. So um, there was also a proposal, I, I forget what year it was, to go back and look at it, but it, it was just like a bad wording as well for the proposal because – the proposal again was from one of those Scandinavian countries, maybe Sweden, but the wording was like the the back being as flat as possible while maintaining oh, yeah, the shoulder yeah, yeah. while maintaining the shoulders and the butt on the bench. And it's like, what do you consider as flat as possible? Like, are we supposed to purposely like you know push our bellies down and flex our backs? And so that got shut down too. So some of it might just be like you know having a proper proposal, having it worded correctly, that's easy to transition to for easy for everyone to understand and vote on and all that kind of stuff. I think yeah. also that well, you know, a couple of years ago when they passed the, as long as you don't touch your belt, you can bench, you can touch wherever you want kind of thing. They're not changing this to make the numbers lower. I'm just, I mean, it's hands down. They want bigger numbers and they don't care how it gets <laughs> that, there. Just like sent, they should. I mean, so that's like, playing you know, to a thousand pound bench. Yeah, I mean, so like literally that one rule went from, you know, people benching 390 to 400 kilos in the shirt to all of a sudden, you know, Blaine Sumner doing 455, 456, whatever he ended up doing, like some, you know, incredible increase of, you know, 10, 12% on his numbers. Um, and there's going to be more to follow from that for sure. I mean, the, the, the shirts are getting lower, you know, they're basically they're changing the rules so we can bench more. So I don't see ever, ever, ever in this federation, the IPF, the number, the rules changing to make the numbers lower. Are you, let me ask you something. I want full honesty. I want full Please. honesty. 
Okay. I'm going to ask you too, Aaron. I want full honesty from both of you fucking guys. All right. And, and, and keep in mind on this team, we fight for our inches. <laughs> in 2008, 9, 10, whatever, were you guys the ones that were saying the IPF will never go raw? There's too much money and equipped. It'll never happen. Because I remember those guys. I mean, in the beginning, yeah, for sure. Because there was no one, <laughs> yeah. there was no one doing raw. There was no one doing raw. But were you the one of the guys that say that IPF will never go raw? Because I remember there's a, there was oh that was the chorus you would hear when you would say we got to go raw, and they're like they're never going to go raw because they want more weight. Exactly, what we were saying they want more weight to be shifted on the platform. I remember at Arnold's they were like Arnold's used to be uh, the WPO, which sounds like a fucking bad back alley pro wrestling league it basically was and they were all guys sauced up with multiply gear shifting big weight and i remember them guess saying, what guess what guess what they're on espn <laughs> yeah well sort they, of they're on espn all their uh, meets, their their meets are on espn nobody cares about them let's not pretend let's not listen pretend. we want to be them this is no we, we do not bill we we bill. don't want to be on espn you're telling well, we don't want to be, to be w, wpo we we don't i would never swap shoes with what we got with wpo but listen let's don't look don't get sidetracked yeah, okay. okay. um, but i'm just saying they're the ones that are on espn and we're the ones that are on youtube go ahead our viewers are probably crushing theirs oh i'm sure i'm sure yeah. for sure but, but um, go ahead okay so um and they're they were saying essentially People want to, it's never going to happen because people want to see bigger weights shifted. And then the course would be like, these guys, we're talking gear. We're talking, well, you guys know, multi-multiply. We're inside and outside gear. Yep. Just insane. Yeah. We inside their body's gear, outside multiplied gear. And it was ridiculous. And the, the thought was more weight. That's all that matters. Shift more weight. But it's not always just that. Uh, sometimes it is how it looks and how transferable it is. But Okay, let me ask this question. If you guys can go back in time, before any of us got used to any of these rules, you were one of the forefathers of our sport. And you're drafting the rules that are going to be set in stone and move forward. And they become the new norm. What change would you make? Mm, good one. I want your head to be able to come up off the bench on the bench press. Oh, shit. So instead of having the head stay down, uh, there's no real advantage to having it down or up, whatever. I just think that that's a more comfortable position for a lot of people. And you would have a lot more made bench presses in competition than you would uh, normally. Yeah. So I, I really would like to see that. And you know what? I mean, it makes sense. Look, at people on the surface would say, if it, if it doesn't give you advantage or disadvantage, why do it? But then on the flip side, it's exactly what you said is, I don't like seeing people miss lists for an arbitrary, out of nowhere technicality. And in terms of viewers, when a viewer tunes in, sees a huge bench, the crowd goes nuts, and then he gets he or she gets red lights, and they're like, what the hell happened? And they're like, the head came up. Right. Uh, really? And you have to look at the slow-mo when it came up just a <laughs> smidge. And you're like, are you kidding me? And, and so what happens now? Well, that's a no lift. doesn't go towards their total. They fall from first to third. And now they're vying for a bronze. And it's like, nah, I don't, don't tell me that helps the sport. It, like it, it, you're right. That's a good one there. I, I, I do like that. It's fairly safe. And I don't think anybody would actually argue that. I don't even know why that rule is in place. Just to be super technical, to keep things tough. 
I think it was for, for the equip side because people can do more in the bench or if they can lift their head up. Same thing with below the xiphoid processors because they can do more weight if they touch their belly. Goddamn equip lifters, eh? Now, now, are we talking like, you know, specifically a technical rule? In Whatever you like. Whatever oh. you like. But you could change weight classes. You could change it Ooh. all. Uh, you, are the, you, you know what? You're not even a forefather. You're a czar. I, You're I, a I dictator don't... for life. You are a dictator for life. I don't know which one would have the best effect or the biggest effect, but the three that come to my mind, maybe you guys can decide which one you think would be the biggest one. Would one of the ones you said, okay, would be age divisions. Let's do, and I think Greg Knuckles has done research on this on like how long it takes for someone to hit their prime and how long they stay at their peak before they go off. So he says like similar to weightlifting, I think it's like something like, you know, 20 and under is one group and then 20 and over is another group. So instead of having all this sub junior, junior, open, master, stuff like that, you might just have a, you know, under 20 and open, and then maybe a master's and make it three groups and more competitive. And then for USAPO, you, you wouldn't have teen one, teen two, teen three, all stuff like that. Then for weight classes. Yeah. I mean, if you combined weight classes, did it by like, you know, actual population, don't have a weight class for someone that's like, you know, point point 0.1% of the world population is like, you know, combine the weight classes, make it more competitive. Same issue in like, you know, boxing and other sports is like uh, other weight class sports. There's so many weight classes, there's so many organizations that it just gets diluted. Um, and then the other one would be, because we're talking about equipment, would be, what if we never went to this extreme with the equipment? I know Bill wants to do more and more weight, but like, you know, what if back then they just stuck with like, you know, the very basic squat suit, the ACE bandages, no Ben shirt, no Delive suit. The reason, part of the reason why they went to raw is because we went so extreme with the equipment that it was so hard at a barrier entry to learn this stuff. I mean, it was so, again, like you say, it's not appealing to the masses. Okay, let's do the raw division. And people are saying, oh, well, the raw division, the singlets now or knee sleeves are so, somewhat similar to what they were back then. So what if it just had stayed one division from the very beginning? Um, yeah, good one. Let me, let me say, I think if you're right, whenever there's a massive, whenever it shifts too far to one side, and this is life period, here's some life advice here. With Ryan six pack Lapidat, um, there's going to be a re there's going to be a correction down the line. It's coming. Whenever something goes too far one side, people start taking advantage. It starts off one way, but it starts going too far on the one side. And st people start taking advantage, turning one inch into a freaking foot into a goddamn mile. Um, there's a correction, and that's when you end up with the raw division. It took decades though, right? Uh, but yeah, I think if honestly, I'm gonna tell you straight up, if you only had squat suit and knee wraps no bench shirt um are you allowed a, a suit on deadlift if you weren't allowed a suit on deadlift if you were de deadlift is the one that doesn't affect it doesn't affect as much but you might never have even seen a raw division and people might never even got upset enough to call for it and be like this is you know it might have changed everything and if the squat suit was never allowed to get super duper thick go ahead bill I was going to say, because so then if you didn't see that huge transition into the raw like that, then there would be no king in the lifts. There would be no. Oh, you know, yes. There were, oh, 20, yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying there'd be no 20,000 know, lifters in the USAPL. And, you know, well, no, no, but, no, but no, we might have. Because Sorry, there would have never been the raw influx that came. Might so have had it from the get go. Never happened. Yeah, well, no, might have had it from the start. Might have had it from yeah, the start. Yeah, what I was going to say is that would be your raw lifters because, you know, part of the thing is like, once that is the thing, once yeah. that is the norm, then everyone's like, okay, this is how it is. So for right now, the norm for raw division is, okay, you have to buy a singlet. You can't compete without a singlet. 
Then right. once you do a meet, you're like, oh crap, I have to buy a belt. I have to buy knee sleeves. Maybe I should buy wrist wraps. And that becomes the norm. So what if, what if it had always stayed a very loose squat suit in ace bandages? So that was your norm. You have to buy this squat I, suit. That's what I'm saying. There would have been no bandages. big change. Therefore, there wouldn't have been the influx from other places. There wouldn't have that's been an influx. What if it happened already at the start though? Like for instance, when, when the boom dropped, when we went from equipped to uh, raw, we saw that big boom of influx, but let's say instead of a big boom, it was more of a gradual natural uh, climb right from the get-go because at never any point did we get too far to the equipped side where we started pushing people away. Uh, where no one was looking at powerlifting, be like, yeah, I'm not sure, man. I don't want to rock a suit. I don't want to rock a shirt. Maybe I'll do a different sport. That never happened. We never lost those guys for, and girls from the beginning. So then, um, I mean, this is entirely, we're just playing a game here. Yeah. If you could change it, if you go back and kill Hitler, basically is what we're saying, right? What happens? I mean, I mean, we don't know the exact numbers. Maybe some people out there in these states would know. But if you, for example, look at Texas high school powerlifting or Wisconsin high school powerlifting, Wisconsin high school powerlifting used to not, even up to recently, they used to not allow a bench shirt. They used to have the squat suit and the knee wraps and then no bench shirt. But I mean, look how many people go through that. And, and imagine like, you know, you, you come into high school and that was one of the sports. Okay, you, you use the, the, the team's equipment for a squat suit and, and ace bandages. And that's what you do. You would have, you have so many lifters in Texas high school powerlifting, Wisconsin high school powerlifting and some of these other places. Uh, and again, the, 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 they didn't have the same amount of equipment that the USAPL does because they always had more restrictions. So who knows how many people would have came through if we had just kept it that one way. You guys want to hear what mine is? Not really. <laughs> is it going to be drug testing? Give me it. What the, what the fuck is that? Is it going to be drug? Are you, are you making an accusation, sir? What, what if you had never split into tested and non-tested? You just unlimited. Like, like strongman type deal. Where it's not saying we allow they it. They just test aren't testing. Okay. That's a wink for, that's a wink for everybody. In is that like, is that WWE drug test? Well? <laughs> that's right. They that's test right. WWE also, yeah. Those gentlemen are clean. Clean as Sunday right. morning. What do you got, Ryan? And this is going to get people upset. Oh, God. Devil's avocado? Devil's avocado. You guys, I hope I you know. guys like. Oh. He, wants the, he wants the curl instead of the bench press. That's what he wants. <laughs> there, no, okay. there it fucking is. The strict curl. Bring it back. No? Okay. So I actually like both Candido's um, rule for bringing in the grip on the bench. However, I would do it all throughout all weight classes for continuity. Fuck it. And I also like Pete's rule um, about the, the butt on the bench. As soon as your hands touch the bar, I don't know exactly. Again, I, we're just, we're just having fun. Here. I don't know if this is going to mitigate greatly in terms of how much range of motion we get, but I do think if I'm totally in theory and not in practical, not taking 200 lifters for an actual sample size, scientific sample size, I actually think of all the ideas I've heard, um, and both those guys are smarter than I am. I like those two, but I do agree with some of the feedback you guys gave where different for different weight classes starts becoming problematic when you actually roll it out. And a lot of times things are good in theory. You roll it out at local meets and you'll have so many issues with a, a poor bastard who's sitting in on a chair trying to earn his freaking whatever his, his uh, pop tart and he's got to remember every single grip width in the whole nine. There's you're begging for, you're begging for problems. Right. And then you'll have some coach that 
his lifter came in second. He's marching over. He goes, yeah, well, the guy who came in first, his grip was wrong on his second bench. And I want this, whatever the hell. Right. So I think every weight class, just to make it more simple. And um, I do in theory, think the butt on the bench might help. I think it's just going to be harder to set up. Um, it won't cure it, but it'll, it'll bring it down from a 10 to a seven and, and maybe even a six. And that's my lucky number. Here's the other one. Here's the other one that Arian, take another drink. Take another sip of your beer, please, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Let's hear it. When you deadlift, your arms have to be outside your legs. <laughs> Bidding the sumo. What happens if I did that? What happens? It, nobody's feelings are hurt, though, if I do this. Remember, I'm going back. I'm shooting Hitler. Okay, sumo being Hitler, but I'm sorry, but listen, if you never knew that was an option and it was strongman, it was like strongman, you never knew it was an option and you only had to learn how to conventional. You could sumo for an accessory work, uh, hit, hit, you know, we got a lot of variations of all the different lifts, but there was no sumo. Do you think there'll be a major change in terms of anything? What am I doing here? Am I just, am I just uh, shouting at the wind like a crazy old man? Or, or am I just pissing in the wind and pissing in my own face? Or, or am I actually doing a change that would put the, put the sport in a different position with the general public? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it would destroy the sport. <laughs> no, it would. I'm Hitler is what you're saying. A thousand percent. I, I, didn't go, I didn't shoot Hitler. I became Hitler. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> People in the future would go back now and Until take out you. Ryan Lapidette. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think as yeah. far as like, as far as whether something like this would ever become a rule, I think it's possible. I mean, plenty of the EC members and USAPL, CPU, IPF, everything changes. Maybe the thoughts change and people will change the rules. There's lots of rule changes. I mean, if you go back and look at the IPF, there's constantly changes to the bylaws, like little things, but there's also changes to the rules as far as like, you know, either the weight classes, adding in the raw, changing where you can touch for the bench press they used to have where how low you can go to the bar on your back for squat. They, they took mm -hmm. that away. So there's constantly rule changes, but one of the things uh, Larry Maley said, I think last year on a different podcast was there's all these rule changes, but very few throughout history had big impact. So that was a good point you brought up, which one do you think would have the biggest impact? And so like some of the things I think he said, was like, you know, having the raw division, that rule change had a huge impact versus, sure. you know, Versus, you know, having the bar lower on your back or not changing that rule, or maybe like, you know, having the press command versus, you know, the person doing their own press had a much smaller change. And so it depends on whether your idea of, you know, having the arms be more narrow on, on, on bench or deadlift would have how big of an impact would it have? I don't know, gentlemen. <laughs> I think I just lost like a hundred thousand followers. For Listen, I'm starting to, I got to edit this goddamn thing. I have an interesting one though. It's actually a legitimately horrible rule. Okay. If you're a amputee of a leg, you have to have both feet on the ground when you bench press. So you have to wear your prosthetic leg to bench. That's literally in the rule book. Like you, there's no, if ands or butts around it. If not, you're a guest lifter. So we actually had a, a, a female, I don't know, six, seven years ago, something like that. Do you remember her, Arian? Did um, Equip Nationals, I believe. Uh, was Allison McSweeney or something like that? I, and, I remember um, the name now. Yeah, so she squatted, she benched, she deadlift with one leg. And she actually couldn't score 
at the meet because she had to be a guest lifter because she refused to wear her um, prosthetic to bench press. Well, so what, why? Okay, I got a couple of questions. So why did they, is there a reason why they put that rule in? Is there something like- No, no, there... the rule is you have to have both feet on the ground. So they just so, said, we're going to do yeah. that for you even if you don't have a, a second leg for- uh... Yeah, you don't have two feet, so you can't bench press unless you put yeah. one on the ground, put the second one on the ground. So there's actually a um, bench-only guy from Mongolia. He was at Bench um, Worlds. Yeah, yeah, he got he got silver. He, he's, he's won gold medal. He's got silver medal um, a couple of years in a row, whatever. But um, I don't know his name. I'm sorry, but he is an amputee. He has, you know, only has one leg, and um, you know he has this big rubber. I mean, Arian saw him in person, but like you know, it's big rubber prosthetic that he has to put on the ground. And he actually got called for his heel being off the ground because he put it down wrong. So, so his first bench didn't count because the prosthetic heel was actually off the ground. I think that I think the two arguments are one or possible reasons is one is like you know you're reading the rule book as it's written your feet yeah. have to be down the ground your fingers have to be gripping the bar if you don't right. if you're missing the fingers how are your fingers gonna be gripping the bar and then the other thing i think is possibly is that there's other organizations so there's like you know para powerlifting for people who are like you know that uh, handicap there's also you know blind or partially blind powerlifting as a separate organization for those that are blind and partially blind they get tested for it. And then they also have separate rules where they, you know, the coach can come out and do everything for them. So for like USA powerlifting or IPF, it's full able powerlifting. It's for people who can do the rules as written fully able. They're not missing limb lengths and those kinds of things. Yeah. They literally have like, um, if you have issues, God, maybe this got, no, no, actually that's a different division. They, they literally have like not even over the top issues. Like if you just can't fully straighten your arm, enough to get the start command well fuck it then yeah. what can i tell you you can't you can't lift it's it, it's kind of like arian said it's, it's not just you if you don't if you're missing a leg if you're you can have somebody who in their whole day to day never ran into this problem and has an issue straightening their arm and they're like and i mean not even crazy like your arms cocked all the time but they want to see a decent amount of straightening and um yeah too bad don't care i think it's just there. that's a different issue of like they actually can't physically finish the lift you know according to ipf's you know rules where this is just like a That's silly true. like you know put a little asterisk on the bottom you know you have to have two feet on the ground unless you only have one oh. i mean like <laughs> I, I i thought you were also going to say bill how if uh amputee weighs in there is oh. a table yeah. in the rule book of how much weight to add depending on where the amputation is so you don't yeah. take their actual body weight you add in an assumed weight for what they're missing jesus what Right. Wait, so if you're it, missing a leg, you know, it's plus 0.1 or plus one and a half kilos or whatever it is. Yeah. Something like that. What it's, about uh, this? What about this? And this could, this could actually be an issue. Not now it isn't, but it could be in the future. We're getting better and better. We all seen the guy from South Africa who, who ran the Olympics with the, with the, they weren't necessarily, they were like legs, but not legs as, as we see him. Um, oh, the blade runner, the blade runner. That's right. He ended up killing kill, his girlfriend. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He shot her down, sir. Um, but uh, if he, it, it, eventually we're going to have technology where it's going to backfire. When you're saying no, you have to have your prosthetic leg. We're going to end up being in a Will Smith, um, I am robot situation. I am power lifter. <laughs> I am power lifter situation where that leg is going to have some fucking leg drive. He's going to be like, all right, well, you asked for it. It's not just a, a rubber leg. It's a, it's, it's going to be like a Will Smith. I am robot arm when it's electronic. 
that leg drive, that shit is going to fly. So it's eventually you're going to, the, the rule book's going to come back at you. I mean, we're, we're getting, we're already getting that in, in other situations. I mean, it's much less in powerlifting, but I mean, they've had a situation with, you know, Olympic swimming of like, you know, what swimsuit they can wear because a swimsuit, like, you know, cut down how much amount of friction and it was like advantageous and stuff like that. Or yeah. also I think in track and field, it was like, you know, what kind of shoes they're allowed to wear. And so we're getting that in powerlifting, but we're getting it like, you know, how tight can you get the, the, uh, the singlet or how, how thick can you get the, the knee sleeves and how tight can you get the knee sleeves and pull them on? It's how like, loose you know, can you wear? Yeah. How, how can you get the technology for a, a singlet or a knee sleeve or wrist wrap or even squat suits and bench shirts to, you know, like take, get the most out of the rule book or take advantage of the rule book? Well, listen, the which brings quick- you back to the original point of the bench press where they're following the rules exactly how they're written and everyone's bitching about got to move your hands in. Got it. Right. And, and the less, in terms of that area, the less equipment, the less you can funk with. Eventually you just come out, you got a singlet, you got a belt. That's it. <laughs> yeah. There used to be like an Ironman division in one of the federations where it was just singlet, singlet and shoes. That's it. No wrist wraps, no belt, no knee sleeves, nothing. It was just singlet and shoes. And they went through a roster in six months. <laughs> they had no master lifters it, was, right. it didn't last long it was it's one of exactly what i was saying about in terms of practicality and then uh, actually seeing it through gentlemen last what one last question and this is not powerlifting related but it's just off the top of my head because i keep using this analogy if you could go back in time and kill one person who's it going to be bill you're first wow really um Oof. Uh, um, I have no idea. Let me go first. Let me go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please, please. Give me a minute. If I could kill one person. <laughs> please be Pete. Please be Pete. Ah, it's please Pete Spence. Pete. It's Peter Spence. I'm sorry. <laughs> son of a bitch, Peter Spence. And and I'm just saying it before any of you guys do, because we're all going to come up with the same guy. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I hate these uh, ultimatum questions. And, you know, I was on last episode with all these questions and now this episode with all these questions. And so ju- just to, just cause you're screwed around too. I, I was saying I'll screw around. What if I went back in time and I guess it's, if you believe in this, what if I went back in time and killed Adam? So all that there was, was Eve. She lived out her life and humans never happened. And we would never have this discussion on bench press grip. You son of a bitch. Why Adam and not Eve though, bro? Come on, man. It's brotherhood. That's that's some harsh. That's if harsh I, yeah, but on the flip side, if I said Eve, I mean, you're gonna get some comments on your uh, your Instagram post for this podcast. Yeah, well, we'll probably. <laughs> I don't think you took a more politically correct. If that's what you're thinking, I don't think there's any winners in this game. If that's what you're thinking, sir. But that is a mind-boggling. Who the hell goes right back to the beginning? Goes, oh, I'm killing it, so we're all done. You found the one person that ends humanity and that's pretty fucking wild i'll tell you what whoever invented the grip shirts like i i fucking hate grip shirts so whoever invented grip shirts let's just go back and end that and just be done with it i don't know who it was really you hate grip shirts Why? Well, yeah i just i can't stand grip shirts but that's a different yeah it's a different story but you know um so if i could end one thing it would be whoever invented the grip shirt there we go um have either of you guys ever wore a grip shirt? I've never in my life. Are they just silly looking and they actually don't work or do they actually work? Be honest. They, 
They definitely work. I mean, if you go to like, you know, a crappy commercial gym, like I go to LA, sometimes the LA fitness where I used to, and they have like, you know, crappy gym bars, it's smooth. You're not allowed to bring in chalk and everything like that. So the, the bar slipping down my back while I'm squatting and it's like hurting my wrist and stuff. I tried out one of those grip shirts. Feels great. Same thing for the bench press. Either you put the bench liner down or the bench uh, grip shirt, because those benches are super slippery. The benches are low. It's hard to get in position. You use the grip shirt works well. Usually people grow like traps and rear delts and lats to be able to do all that stuff, but you can call it a grip shirt or whatever you want. It's fine. My fucking traps hang on like, like a, like a monkey on a goddamn bridge. That's what my traps do to that, that bench. That's how. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I was just thinking too, is how we keep throwing around Peter Spencer for a lot of people who don't know who Pete is. He's going to become a guy in this. I listen to podcasts where they have a producer and the people on the show have a producer you never see, but they always bring him up and shit on him. And they're like, but these are buddy, you know, these, he's their buddy in real life. Pete Spence is becoming that guy on this podcast when we come on here. He he's just becoming everyone hears his name. And uh, for anybody who doesn't run into him, is like, who the hell is Pete Spence? They keep bringing him up. Um, all right. Go Here's follow my, him on Instagram. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, make sure you go follow him on Instagram. He loves cool. that. <laughs> man, he, he's man, he's outspoken for a guy who doesn't come on the podcast a lot. He's only came on once to talk about actual official stuff. He's not gonna come on here to discuss ideas. Stuff that nope. never happened, so it doesn't matter. Anyway. Yeah, it was exactly. a useless episode. Exactly. Are you gonna bring him <laughs> back on to ask him for an update? <laughs> uh, I mean, frick, God knows when that's gonna be. Um, mm. we gotta get worlds first. But um, yeah, if I could go back, I would shoot that dumb son of a bitch who went in that cave and got that goddamn bat that gave us COVID. And whether he was bit by it or whether he fucking <laughs> fucked that guy. Because uh, our 2020 wasn't what it should have been. That's a good one. That guy's got to take it. Two in the head. Okay, two in the head, and it's called a suicide. I go back in time. This is what I do. I go back in time. I put two in his fucking head, and I write a suicide note. Okay, just to really fuck with people. So his family <laughs> never fully gets to grieve it either, because fuck them too. So they get this. They're pretty shot twice. How is this? I don't know. Well, there's looking around. There's no evidence. Unless somebody came back in time, there's no way this happened. And there it is, gentlemen. Uh, thank you very much for your time. We're, we're damn. We belted off over two hours. What I might do is split this bad boy in two. I didn't think we were going to take this long. I didn't think we would have two hour-long episodes. I think we might split it in two uh, so people can decide if they – because some people aren't American, so maybe they don't want to hear the first half. But anyways, gentlemen, thank you. It's been a blast. Much appreciated. Let's do it again on whenever we get some news to talk about. How's that sound? Ron, that's preview, baby. Let's go. Wow. Okay. That's, it's uh, happening. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, it's there happening. it is. It's happening. It's coming. First week of March. all right fellas enjoy your damn selves we'll talk soon all right later yeah